0: some point. And the food bank is collecting fruit for the month of April, and uh, the Rise Against Hunger initiative will be on the 28th uh, at 9 o'clock, and I urge you to sign up, I believe there's probably a sign-up sheet outside the uh, sanctuary, sign up so that they'll know you're going to come to the party, so that you're going to come to feed a lot of people. nines of worship what manner of love our God has poured out upon us.
1: We be
0: Beloved, we are God's children now. Appear, but, we shall be. but we know when Christ appears, we shall be like him. We shall
1: see him as he is.
0: And those who have this hope in Christ are purified.
1: Even as Christ
0: stand and greet our neighbor uh, before we sing our hymn, please. morning prayer. prayer. Gracious, Gracious God, God, you made known the risen Christ, in the taste of the bread he broke, the sound of his voice, the imprint of his wounds, the sight of his face, and the smell of breakfast cooking on the beach. Show us through all our senses the new life Christ brings to us this day, and lead us by your spirit to welcome him with all our being, for the sake of the peace he came to give. Amen. Let us continue in an attitude of prayer as we prepare to hear the scriptures read and expounded on. Holy and powerful God, as far as our comprehension is, as the grand design of your universe, we seek to know you through the poor vehicle of words and the presence of the Holy Spirit. As the scripture is read, may we go beyond hearing to doing. Grant that we may feel your presence, as did the followers who knew Jesus by touching his wounded hands. May we experience the fire within that sent them out to share the good news in word and deed. Amen. Our gospel lesson is from Luke, chapter 24, verses 36 to 48. Now this follows the story of the walk to Emmaus. Uh, So the the people that had been with Jesus on the walk to Emmaus had run back to Jerusalem and joined the, the disciples there. And so this is, Jesus is talking to the whole group. And it says, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do, you doubt, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, Jesus said to them, Have you anything to eat here? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them thus it is written that the messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from jerusalem you are witnesses to all of these things this is the word of god Two months ago, I had my knee replaced, so I've had to sit and ice and exercise and ice and walk around the block and ice. So I've had a lot of time to think. My mind has been wandering all over the place, and it's probably Lent and Easter, so that was kind of nice. It's a nice time in the church here. And for the last couple of weeks, I've been pondering on resurrection stories and knowing all I was going to preach today. This one was, you know, right up there in the forefront of my brain. So I've been thinking about this gospel story, and one of the oddities of this resurrection story is the way Jesus identifies himself to his friends. Look at my hands and my feet. He says to his terrified, doubtful disciples, I think we can identify with the disciples here. This had never happened before, so they were scared to death. They are shaking in their sandals. They might have been wondering if this was a group hallucination. When he offers them four sure proofs that he is who they think he is. Two hands, two feet, ten fingers, ten toes, which could belong to no one but Jesus. It is the wounds he wants them to see. do some hard work. And another pair, she's knitting. I think we always heard stories of her knitting for to send to the soldiers. I don't know whether it was socks or bandages or scarves. I don't know, but she was always knitting. Okay, so they've got her taking off her jewelry and knitting. And the third, she's cleaning her glasses so she might see the world more clearly. Now, you nor I don't know who's growing up. Didn't know her personally. Now we know something about her, that she was thoughtful when she took off her jewelry, that she wanted to do something to make the world better, that she wanted to see the the world clearly. We know something about her by looking at what her hands had done. Whilst I was thinking about hands and Eleanor Roosevelt, it wasn't a far jump to my mother's hands. I truly think she was the only woman in Christendom that mourned the day that dress gloves went out of fashion. You remember when we had gloves to match everything? Beige gloves, green gloves, black gloves, all kinds of gloves. My mother's hands were not beautiful. And she knew it. And she always wore gloves to cover them. You know that thin drawer that's in some dressers? That was my mother's glove drawer. She had gloves for every occasion and every outfit. Yet, I loved her unlovely hands. All that they did. They made beautiful clothes. I was a teenager and six feet tall, and the dress of my era was called—I've forgotten—I just said it this morning. Had little tucks down the front and a little collar, a villager dress. My mother made one that fit a six-foot-tall girl and didn't look funny. My mother did that. She made all my my formal gowns. My mother did that with her very ugly hands. She planted gardens, that's part of the reasons her hands looked the way they did, but that was the end of the neighborhood. She could grow anything. She had tomatoes, the first tomatoes and the last tomatoes of the summer. She had flowers, her rose garden was well known. So she did wonderful things with her hands. She took delightful meals and she wrote on chalkboards to teach fourth grade students the mysteries of science. Now you know a little bit about my mother and what she did. Now, I lived in San Francisco for a time, and I had a bout of the flu out there. And do you know what I wanted most in the world? Was not chicken soup, was not even sherbet. It was my mother's hand on my fevered brow. I was sure. I was positive I could have been healed if she were there, right there. And I know to this day I can identify my mother by her hands alone. They were unique and they were wonderful. Now, as we get to know each other in the congregation, pastor and congregants, one of the privileges is breaking the Eucharistic bread and putting it. And I got to know so much about my parishioners that way. And I don't know which hands I love the most. The ones that had some wear or tear on them, so that they had an idea of what the cost of this simple bread, this simple meal of bread and juice cost, or the little children's hands. We put them out there, and they said, taking it for granted, this is God's table, I'm God's child, give me my bread. I love all of them. All of the variety of hands. And what I do like about hands is they don't lie. They can't. We can usually exercise some control over our face so that when somebody looks at us, they they see us the way we want them to see us, usually. Usually we can do that. But our hands give us away every time. they are nervous hands. Clenched hands, damp hands, soiled hands, they all testify to who we are. Now, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, but don't go to sleep, okay? <laughs> this is only a paragraph, so you just get to close your eyes for a little bit. <laughs> and I want you to think of a pair of hands you know well. They can be your parents' When you were a child, or when you were helping them get out of a chair, or get into the car, or go to the grocery store, your partner's hand. Remember the joy the first time you held hands. Ooh, that was wonderful. Your partner's hands as you go through life. A child's hand, who wraps their whole hand around your two fingers and holds on for dear life. So if you got this firmly in your mind's eye. What do these hands tell you? What are the marks on them? Is there a student bump where the pencil rests while you're writing? Are they paint spattered from various craft projects? Are they hard and callous from doing manual labor? Are they soft and smooth from doing less physically demanding tasks? How would Douglas Chandor paint your person's portrait? Would you know that person anywhere by their hands? Think about it. Would you know them anywhere by their hands? You can open your eyes now. Jesus said, look at my hands and my feet. And when the disciples did, they saw everything he had ever been to they saw the hands that had broken bread and blessed broiled fish they saw hands that had reached out to the leper without holding back they saw hands that pressed pads of mud against a blind man's eyes they saw hands that took a dead girl by the hand so she could rise and walk they saw hands that danced through the air while he was teaching or wrote in the sand when he made meter- a and gave time for reflection. Hands that drove the money changers out of the temple. Those were all the things that Jesus' hands did. His hands washing the disciples' feet. That's what they saw. And his feet. The ones that had carried him hundreds of miles taking the good news to call all who were starving for it. In the homes of criminals and corrupt bureaucrats, who Jesus treated as if they were long-lost kin. Into the graveyard where the garrison demoniac lived like a wild dog among the dead, whom Jesus freed from his devils forever. Looking at those feet, they remembered the woman who had washed them with her tears and dried them with her hair. They remembered Mary sitting quietly, protected by Jesus, while Martha railed at her to get up and look, to do something. These hands and feet were wounded now, all four of them. The hands that had joined Jesus with others, and the feet that had joined him to the earth, they had gaping holes in them, sore, angry bruises that hurt the disciples to look at. Them. But the You can look at them now. He wanted them to know he had gone through the danger and not around it. So he told them not to look at his face, not into his eyes, but at his hands and feet, which told the truth about what had happened to them, which was the only proof he had that he was who he said he was. Now, some of us wish Jesus had come back all cleaned up and sparkling, but he didn't. He came back with something we could recognize him by. His hands and his feet, just like ours. So you know what his hands and feet said about Jesus. What do our hands and feet say about us? Where have they been? Who have they touched? How? the care of the world were, you are witnesses to these things we have done. Those words echo across the centuries to us. We are witnesses because we have the scripture. And when the world looks around for the risen Christ, when they want to know join me right now. We are not alone. Wonderful and amazing God, we thank you that you have raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Bringing us the promise of new life. With the dawning of this day, may we awake to new opportunities to love and serve you and witness to Christ whom you have raised. Use us and use our gifts to your glory. In Jesus' name. possibilities that you lay before us inspire us to be the hands and feet of Jesus on earth that we may do your work as Christ's body here and now let us begin our work as we pray for each other Lord in your mercy for the people of this congregation mercy those who suffer and those in trouble lord in your mercy Hungry, Lord, in your mercy, the world, its peoples, and its leaders, the people of Syria, Lord, in your mercy. Members, its mission, Bishop Lewis, Janine Howard, Keith Ritchie, and the Commission on the Way Forward. Lord, in your mercy. As we join the communion of saints and praying the praying the prayer that our Lord taught us, our Father. I while we're looking up there for you. Remember, don't lose your bulletin until responsive and addiction.